Mecham Auctions, the world's largest collector car auction company, returns to Indy with Dana Mecham's 37th Original Spring Classic, May 10th through the 18th at the Indiana State Fairground. 3,000 muscle cars, Corvettes, exotics, and more. Broadcast on Motor Trend TV and streaming live on Max. From avid collectors to those new to the Mecham experience, we welcome everyone. Register to bid now at Mecham.com. John Boy. I'm telling you straight, it's my way or the highway. So anybody wants to walk, do it now. Hey, everybody, we're all going to get late. And again, it's picked up. It's Darius Leonard, a pick six for the Maniac. Touchdown, I-N-D-Y. Yes, sir. Oh, what a chicken. Double time. Miles Turner. Yeah. John. I have never been better to be on the air with you here in Indianapolis, a place where so many of my dreams have come true. The Ride with JMV on 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. A quarterback keeper for Matt Ryan. No signal yet. And yes, he is. Touchdown, Matt Ryan. Score for the veteran quarterback. A quarterback plunge less than a yard away. Under center, Ryan again hands off to Jonathan Taylor. Big run, 40, 45, 50, breaks it outside. Down the far sideline. He's at the 30. He's at the 20, 10, 5, and he is close to the end zone. Did he stay in? Yes. Touchdown. I-N-D-Y. A 66-yard run to Painter for Jonathan Taylor. Out of the gun, Matt Ryan to pass. Has time. Shuffled out. And he's going to take off and run. He's got a first down and more. 35, 40, 45. Cuts back. 50. Still going down the far sideline. And he's tripped up inside the Raider 40. Matt Ryan looked like an Olympic sprinter down the far sideline. First down for the quarterback. Ryan to throw. Crossing pattern inside the 20 to go to post 10 at the 5. And they will score a touchdown with Paris Campbell. That's a 36-yard crossing pattern all the way to the house for Paris Campbell. And the Colts are back on top as Paris finds Pater. Three receivers that way for Carr. Ball in the far hash. Backs to throw. Giving ground. Throws downfield into the end zone. And it's broken up by the Colts by Stephon Gilmore. Devontae Adams, the intended receiver. And no flags on the play. And the Raiders have turned it over on downs with under a minute to go. The Colts win in Las Vegas. And they snap a three-game losing streak. That's the end of the game and the final score. It's the Colts 25 and the Raiders 20. There we go. There's some highlights for you. I just mentioned that to Kyle as we're here live in Lebanon at the Buffalo Wild Wings for a Blue Monday off of State Road 39. We finally had some highlights. I was just kind of thrilled with the fact that we had some highlights to play. And it wasn't, if you remember last week at this time, we were getting ready to discuss the dismissal of Frank Reich. And then what in the world was going on with the Jeff Saturday hire? And a week later, you as Colts fans get to celebrate a win. And we'll help you do that on a Blue Monday. Again, we are live Buffalo Wild Wings in Lebanon today off of State Road 39. 
I don't know about the value of tickets at all. I'm not into that stuff, but I can tell you, I'm assuming now, let's just say, for example, Monday Night Football, the Eagles, as everybody suggests they will, go on and beat the Commanders, remain unbeaten. So you're going to get Nick Sirianni and an unbeaten Eagles team in here coming up on Sunday in the home debut of interim Colts head coach, Jeff Saturday. So, and by the way, too, how about Parks Frazier? I'm going to get into Parks Frazier. I was thrilled about that yesterday. I'll tell you why coming up in just a minute. But we have a pair of tickets to give away for the Eagles and that Colts game coming up next Sunday. So I'm assuming that will be of some value. And if you're in and around State Road 39 in Lebanon, just go ahead and truck on over here. Grab yourself an ice cold Bud Light and hang out with us for a while. Eat the great food here. Get ready for Monday night with the Commanders and the Eagles. Maybe you're going to be watching a little bit of Butler Bulldog basketball as they take on Penn State tonight. Whatever. Make sure if you're in and around 11 and you're here at the Buffalo Wild Wings location, we're going to be here until 6 o'clock. And as I mentioned at the end of the show, we're going to give you a chance to win those Eagles and Colts tickets. Um, I'm probably going to start someplace where you don't think I'm going to start. By the way, inside the lounge via YouTube Live, if you guys want to go ahead and bring it, I should tell you this. This is by far the best background we have had on the YouTube live feed ever right here. And I know what you're saying. Well, wait a minute. Uh, No, seriously, this looks nice right here. This is a great background. So you can check us out, get in there, and start yapping it up if you don't mind regarding yesterday or anything else that happened this weekend. I'm probably not going to start where you thought I was going to start because on Friday I kind of got all that stuff out. Like, I understood if... Let's just say here, me, as I did, as we did, as folks did nationally, if you want to find fault in everything that Jim Irsay did leading up to that game on Sunday, if you wanted to find fault with the hiring process, understand. If you wanted to look at it that way and just say, hey, you know what? I can't believe what's going on here. You've got the owner meddling, and that's never a good thing. And if you want to remark about how Chris Ballard looked, you can do that. This is going all the way back to Monday and then throughout the week, right? But the thing that really drove me nuts was the -the over-the-top stuff. And I told you this on Friday. The Joe Thomas stuff, for example, on NFL Network was ridiculous, the, the most egregious thing that I have seen in my years of the NFL. I mean, come on. And then Bill Cower. I know everybody wants to see me go off on Bill Cower. Um, I, I don't really care. I don't really care because it is just so over the top. And all that does is magnify what a lot in local and certainly a lot in national want to try to do. I mean, you just want somebody out there to be that live wire. That's all you're looking for. And that particular opinion, and I know he's old school and he's backing up all these old, crusty, old school guys, but screw that. Screw that. Even if I didn't like it, even if you didn't like it, even if you wondered where this was going, as we will continue to do, we're going to let you celebrate the win and talk about what went well yesterday and try my damnedest not to remind everybody, because I don't want to, that the Raiders aren't a good football team. So what? You still went on the road and you still got to win. I don't really want to talk about that. And I am kind of over the Bill Cower and the Joe Thomas and all that stirring of the pot because somebody has to do it to make sure that you get viewers, to make sure you get listeners. And I kind of said my piece on Friday. 
I just came to a point where I was done with it. I came to a point where I said enough is enough with this stupidity. And that was even before 48 hours, in fact, before Bill Cowher said what he said yesterday on CBS. It, it, there's nothing disgraceful about it. It could be wrong. It could still end up being wrong. It could be right. Maybe that's not where Jeff is going to be at the end of the season. Maybe he's going to be someplace else. Maybe he's not even going to be here, whatever. But there is nothing, and I mean nothing, that's egregious about the hire. The most egregious thing that you have seen in all of your years of the NFL or a disgraceful hire, all that is is this modern-day bull crap media stuff and I'm not an anti-media guy by any stretch because I do it but just not in that fashion if I had to do it that way I'd rather not do it that's the part that's disgraceful that is the part where we are now where that's disgraceful Joe Thomas trying to outdo somebody on a six-person set on NFL Network in the morning that's disgraceful if Jim Irsay wants to hire me, Jim Irsay can hire me. You guys can just rip him to shreds because he hired me. If he wants to hire Cam, he can hire Cam, whatever. We're going to have an opinion about whether or not we believe that's going to work, but there's nothing egregious about it. It might have been stupid. It certainly would be beyond stupid with somebody like me. But there's nothing egregious And there's nothing disgraceful about it. So that was the first thing I wanted to get out of the way because I hope not to have to talk about it. You know, I said on Friday what I wanted to say about, listen, did I believe in what they were doing going into the weekend? I think we were all pretty skeptical, and certainly I was really skeptical. But I tell you, that game on Sunday, to me, I don't know if it answered the bell and shut everybody down because you still have, what, seven games remaining to go through this, and things may be different, certainly will be different against a much better team coming up on Sunday. But for the moment, it gave you Colts fans feel good. For the moment in the game, it gave you some entertainment. I was trying to think back when the last time that you were truly entertained. And I mean truly entertained over the long haul of a game. It seems like forever. I just kind of just in oh, by the way, fashion mentioned that that was the first time we'd utilized highlights in a while. And it was. It was. Now, there's some lingering questions, right, about how this was handled and why Matt Ryan all of a sudden got the start. It's because Jeff Saturday, who was the new head coach, wanted him to start. It's because Matt Ryan was healthy enough to start. And as we had talked about all week long, and even before you had learned that at the end of the week, Matt Ryan was in there taking snaps and Jeff Saturday liked what he liked. You can understand that. I can understand that. I can understand wanting to break in a new play caller in Parks Frazier and have Matt Ryan out there instead of Sam Ellinger. At least in the court of public opinion we hear from Sam Ellinger, sounds like he understood it too. Now, some others may not understand it. I don't know if Frank Reich understands it because certainly Sam Ellinger was forced on him. But if you remember, the situation was Matt Ryan was also dinged up with his shoulder. Now, you didn't have to say or he, he, you know, the rest of the season for Ellinger. But if you really, truly wanted to take, and we talked about this last week, a shot at winning that game, you know, we talked about Nick Foles in that fashion. I would have felt more comfortable with Foles. But instead, it was Matt Ryan, and Matt Ryan was good enough. 
Parks Frazier did an outstanding job. And I probably I probably don't know play calling from this to Madden or whatever. But here's what I gathered by watching that game yesterday. And let's see if everybody follows along. I felt that Parks Frazier kept it very simple. I thought that Parks Frazier kind of got things moving a little bit with the shorter routes. This is something that I have been screaming about forever, the shorter routes. You know, the making sure the offensive line as best as you can being faulty as it had been up until yesterday does not come into significant play. I'll get to that coming up in a minute. But I like that. And I like the fact that he was getting it to his playmakers. I love that. I love the fact that Jonathan Taylor, big play, 67-yard run. Paris Campbell, big play, playmakers. Michael Pittman Jr., he's going to have to start tucking that ball away because there was a situation where he fumbled that, then went back and got it. You can't have it. But he is certainly a playmaker on this team, and they were going to their playmaker. Kylan Granson a couple of different times as well. Seems like that they found the tight end position once again, or I should say Parks Frazier found the tight end position. Again, I don't know the level of greatness in which it was. I can only imagine even being up in the booth, having Parks Frazier do this and probably crapping your pants to a degree. But his guys backed him up. That's what he said in that postgame locker room. He thanked those guys for backing him up. Those guys backed him up. Matt Ryan backed him up. His playmakers backed him up. And as we've talked about throughout the year, the significant shortcoming with this team and where it all starts has been with the offensive line. And again, I know you're going to bring up, well, the Raiders, if they don't get after the quarterback, they're one of the worst defenses. Who cares? Who cares? The Colts and that offensive line needed that game. The Colts, Jeff Saturday, Parks Frazier, and that offense needed that offensive line yesterday. They needed that. That did go to show you what can happen if that offensive line plays up to their expectations. I don't know if they're going to be able to do it against the Eagles. I don't know. But I know that they did it yesterday. I know that arguably that was the best that they have looked for that significant period of time all season long. And there is what I've been telling you all season long. That's where it all starts. With Tony Katz this morning, I said everything else is great. But none of this works without the offensive line being in the neighborhood of what we felt it should have been all year, or better yet, what we expected it to be. It simply wasn't, and it hasn't been. It was yesterday, and again, I don't care against what team they were playing. That showed you the level of importance and how this team can move with that offensive line playing better compared to, for example, what we saw against Bill Belichick in New England the week prior, or in large part, a lot of the games up until yesterday in Las Vegas. That's where it all starts. And then sometimes, as we've seen, that's where it also all ends. So you got to give a shout-out to the offensive line. The offensive line created all that you saw as a Colts fan yesterday and is the reason, the start and the reason, as to why that was a success. And we're not talking about how 
a ridiculous of an idea Jim Irsay had or what were they doing with Jeff Saturday. I, I look back on it, and of the major decisions of the clock management, I could find zero fault in that. And that's all that you're looking at. The other thing that I like, I, I guess th- this comes from what I do, right? Like David Wood is our boss. David Wood is a really good boss. And David Wood lets us be us. David Wood says and they, they Monday through Friday here, and then David Wood is also ultimately in charge of what I do on Saturday, right? And these become tremendously popular because he lets us be us. That's what Jeff Saturday also did. He didn't come in there midweek and try to reinvent the wheel. He went in there, he did right now what he is best at doing, and that is motivating through his voice, through his talking. More than just a little bit of practice in that leading up to this. But he did not try to make too much out of it. He just said, all right, here are my dudes, and my dudes are going to go out there and coach up the guys on the field. And I'm going to be here to tell everybody what they need to do, what I'm expecting from them, and then at the end of the game, how they did it and how proud of them I am. I don't know if this is going to work every game. I just know when you're in a short week like that, I don't know if you could have handled it any better. That's exactly how you have to handle it. The other thing is, too, I have a promo that ran last week that said, hey, you know, when Jim Irsay finds – who he wants to run his football team, coach his football team. That is when, because you embrace the golden era, I do, he does, we all do, the Manning era, for example. When, when you embrace that and when you find out who you want to run this thing, that is when you step back out, right? You become more invisible inside the football operations and let those folks handle it. That was a promo that ran last week. You also saw that yesterday. You saw that in the decision that Jeff Saturday had to start Matt Ryan. A decision prior to that is because Jim Irsay overwhelmingly was the one that wanted Sam Ellinger as the starter. And there were some players in that locker room that weren't on board with it. There were staff members that weren't on board with it. But Jim Irsay did what I said he should do at the end of the year. He did that actually this week. He stepped back and let somebody he trusted make the decisions. Make that decision on the quarterback. And then in turn, Jeff let those around him that he had basically been in contact with as an interim head coach for the better part of, you know, 48-plus hours, he let them handle it. And I thought of all of this, Of all of this, that was the genius part. Now, regarding the quarterback, Scott Milanovic, who, you know, you could probably have read this. I actually talked about it as well, um, about he was the first one that Jeff Saturday went to about calling the plays. And then this is what has been talked about, reported, I think, on various outlets that uh, he he wanted to get paid, wanted his contract to be torn up. Um, The Colts weren't interested in doing that. Thus, he decided not to take the job. I'm sorry. This is what I tell people all the time, and I'm going to compare this gig and the gig I've had for the past, what, 18-plus or so years, and even before that, working with Mark Patrick, I'll compare that. 
when, when you are in that type of support role, and I'm talking about in radio as well, in TV as well, when, when your bosses ask you to do something, you do it. You do it. I know this is completely different, but let me make this comparison and give you this an analogy. There was not a Christmas or a Thanksgiving that I saw basically up until my early 30s because I was always working. Actually, mid to late 30s, if you want to count me doing TV on Channel 13. I was always working. You know what? I don't think I ever one time said no. Not one time. You always say yes. When they ask you, can you go out and do this, you say yes. When we get kids that come in from college, the intern, and they say, hey, you know, how should I handle this? And, you know, what are the most important things? Especially now, given the, the shrinking uh, job landscape for what we do, you got to say yes. Anything that is asked of you, you have to say yes. And with um, you know, the quarterback's coach in mind here, got to say yes. You got to say yes. And then you saw Parks Frazier, who said yes, who went out there and who did a job and is getting accolades for doing that job today. Now, we'll see. I don't know if the Colts will dispute. I haven't uh, actually read any of the transcript of the Jeff Saturday Zoom call meeting with the media today. But if indeed, if that was the, that was the deal, got to say yes to that. Maybe there was something else. Maybe I don't have the entire story. You just have to say yes, and I'm going to flat give a great deal of credit to Parks Frazier, who did. And all those reaction shots, you think he cares that it's against one of the worst, if not the worst, defenses in the NFL? Hell no, he doesn't care. Good for him. He shouldn't care. Nobody should care. This team needed a win. This team needed some positivity. Not just on the field, but since they've been shredded off it as well. No team around probably needed it more than them. And if there is a team that's in the ballpark, it was probably the team that they beat in Vegas yesterday, and that's the Raiders. Uh, Just impressive. It seemed like yesterday was a game where everybody was letting everybody do their job. And then... It seemed like that these players, maybe I'm wrong about this. How would I know? Okay. But maybe these players did have some inspiration from the words of Jeff Saturday that had fallen on deaf ears, inspirationally speaking, from their former coach, Frank Reich. I don't know if anybody would, if anybody would cop to that or not. Think, for example... Kenny Moore. Kenny Moore was all over the field yesterday. 23 was all over the field yesterday. When was the last time you could say that? I don't know if there was any words of inspiration, but he certainly seemed to be a dude that was juiced yesterday. Defense hadn't been an issue, but Kenny Moore, for the most part, had been invisible. We even saw Brandon Faison make a play yesterday. Now, he also made a bad play in the end zone, but he made a play nonetheless. Yesterday... It seemed like that everybody from top to bottom let their people do the work. And that there was a little of inspiration in there. And at the end of it all, that Jim Irsay was right about what he expected. Again, I don't know if it's going to translate the rest of the year. 
This may be one of those, you know, interim situations where you get into that first game, everybody's fired up, and you come away a winner, and then it kind of steadily goes downhill. You kind of lose that feeling. But I know this, for you Colts fans, for that team, for that organization, that was a feel-good, and that's a feel-good that I think everybody out there deserves to celebrate a little bit. And we'll let you do that. Jake Query is going to join me coming up in the 4 o'clock hour. We'll talk about yesterday, talk about some comparisons of the past. But, no, it was, it was altogether interesting watching that game. And, again, the entertainment value. When's the last time you were entertained by a Colts game? It's weird. It was almost like, and maybe it was because of us, maybe it was because of me, it seemed like you were going in with that schleprock kind of attitude of, oh, this is really going to suck. Here we go. And then it just took on a different tone. You go, hey, wait a minute. This is not that bad. This is not that bad at all. Kind of like the Pacers. All that doom and gloom to start the season. And then you start watching these Pacer games and go, hey, you know what? This is pretty fun. Pretty enjoyable to watch. I don't know if all this inspiration is long-lasting, but at least for one week, it gave you a reason to be celebratory. And a lot of you, including us and what we do, it gets tired. I was telling uh, both Kyle and Cam this a little bit earlier. It's going to be nice to be able to talk about something that's positive this week instead of talking about all this and doom and gloom and this is so bad. But the problem is those, those are the opinions. And I don't really care about what anybody else says. I don't really care about what's going on. I offer you my opinion from 3 until 6, and that's the gig. That was the overwhelming thought I had. You kept it simple, which you had to in a short week with all that chaos, and it seemed like everybody was allowed to be themselves or everybody felt like being themselves, whether it was coaching it up, decision-making, on the field, Really a feel-good Sunday for real. All right, 239-1070. Kyle is going to give me those calls, and we're going to load you guys up and talk at you coming up here on the other side. I mentioned Jake Query is going to join us a little bit later on as well. We're at the Lebanon Buffalo Wild Wings. This is a fantastic Blue Monday because it is coming off a Colts win over the Raiders yesterday. I want to get your thoughts on that. I just – Jim say. Once you find your football guys, kind of do what you did this week and let the guy that you trust handle it. Let the guys that you hire and you trust handle it. I did notice this. Kyle, did you see the video of Jeff Saturday and then Jim Ursay talking it up in the postgame locker room? Saturday was talking up the team, and then Jim Ursay came in to, to give Jeff Saturday the game ball. Did you see that? Yeah, and he had uh, what, Matt Ryan and Chris Ballard come up there with him to give Saturday the ball. Yeah, did you notice that he had to ask Chris Ballard to come up there twice? Did you notice that? <laughs> Go back. It I, maybe bit, it's just yeah. me. Maybe it's just me. Maybe it's just a coincidence. I don't know. But yeah, <laughs> he said, uh, "Get Chris, get up here. Go, Chris, get up here. <laughs> That's like you had to ask him twice. Maybe he was in the back of the room. Maybe he was far away. Yeah, maybe he was in the back of the room. I don't know if anybody else noticed that or not, but I actually I texted that to Jake this morning. I said, I was just watching this again. Did you notice that he had to ask him twice? And I'm not trying to make something. Listen, I'm not trying to make something out of nothing, but there is something there. 
There is something there. You had all those reports leading up to the game yesterday, whether it was Ian Rappaport or anybody else, about how uh, the organization, I think actually Ian Rappaport named both Chris Ballard and Pete Ward. I can't remember the last time Pete Ward got a mention like that. Not agreeing with the Jim Mersey decision. I could go, listen, I could understand where they were coming from. As an end result, however, you kind of look at it and you go, okay, well, that makes sense. We'll see if it continues to make sense for you know, the rest of the, what, the uh, seven games they have remaining on the season. But if you go back and you watch that, it kind of sounded like that maybe Chris wasn't going to come up there. Yeah, hey, get up there. Oh, come on, Chris. It stood out to me yesterday as well. Again, 11 in Buffalo Wild Wings. I got room for you at 239-1070. I've got Eagles Colts tickets to give away. Ice cold Bud Light. Great food here as well. We would love to see you off of State Road 39 here in Lebanon. Plus, Jake Query and a lot more with you at 239-1070. Inside the Lounge via YouTube Live, Facebook Live, or on Twitter. HD Radio is fantastic if you have that capability in your car. And you also got us on the stream and the app, which is important, I know, around here. The stream and the app, you can lock us in as well. 93.5 and 107.5, the fan. Back with your calls next. The Ride with JMV. Hey, you going to stare all day or are you going to buy something? Uh, I'm going to stare all day. 93.5 and 107.5, the fan. Fourth down here, Matt. Colts 10, Raiders nothing, and the Raiders are going for it. Fourth and two at the Colts 44-yard line. Under center, Derek Carr going to send a man in motion. Quick pitch at left side, into the boundary to Josh Jacobs, and he's wiped down behind the line of scrimmage by Kenny Moore, and the Colts get a tackle for loss on fourth down by the quarterback. Matt Taylor, voice of the Colts right there. Live in Lebanon at Buffalo Wild Wings on a Blue Monday. Love to see you here off of State Road 39. Eagles Colts tickets will give away. Great food, and we got some ice-cold Bud Light for you. Kenny Moore, as I mentioned. Kenny Moore, when's the last time you'd heard Kenny Moore's name? Kenny Moore looked like he had some sort of rebirth and or re-energizing. He was all over the place yesterday. I don't know what that's going to lead to. I wish I did, but I don't. At the same time, you got to like what you saw. Colts fans, they did deliver for you. They gave some positivity. They gave you something to celebrate on a Monday, and it's felt like it's been forever around here. I know it, especially to that level. The Colts knocking off the Raiders. Next up, the Eagles. We'll talk about that. Your reaction to yesterday. I see inside the lounge via YouTube Live as well where everybody agrees with me. We're going in that video and Jim Mercy having to ask Chris Ballard twice to come up there and uh, present that game ball. And maybe it's just us, as we do often, making something out of nothing, but it sounded like it was a little bit more something there. And if you read all those reports leading up to the game yesterday, uh, clearly there was a lot of disagreement between the Ursay decision and everybody else in that organization. But Jim Ursay is the owner, and Jim Ursay can do anything he wants. And he did. And I'm sure that he feels today incredibly vindicated by that decision, especially in that court of public opinion like us and what we had talked about leading up to that game yesterday. All right, 239-1070. Jake Query, top of the hour. I want to work some calls in. Those Monday reactions starting with Chris. Hello, Chris. How are you? I am doing fantastic on this victory Monday. How are you doing, JMV? 
I am here in Lebanon at Buffalo Wild Wings. I could not be better, Chris. Go ahead. All right. Uh, a couple of takeaways I had from the game. Um, for one, the play of the offensive line, not just the blocking and the one sack, but the, the toughness and the fight that they showed. Blocking after the whistle, blocking up through the whistle, something we haven't seen all year long until this game. Um, and on top of that, Saturday and his decision-making with time management, those three points that we got right before halftime, right. that won us the game. That won us the yeah. game. Because if, if we don't get those three points, they're kicking an easy field goal at the end to win. Well, it, it, it helped you survive. It helped you survive the miscue and the miss from McLaughlin is what it did too. Exactly, so exactly. yes, it helped exactly. twofold right there. Yeah, I have a friend of mine that's been preaching about timeouts left over at halftime all year long, and Frank had had timeouts left over, not trying to get points at the end of the half, and, and it's something that we have needed. We have needed this kind of a. I don't know if it's going to work out. Saturday's going to work out for the long term, but we have needed somebody that has some fire and some, you know, piss and vinegar with him all year long. And I think it was a great it, 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 it makes you wonder, hey, Chris, it makes you wonder if they just needed a new voice in general. That's what occurs yeah. to me. To me, yeah. they just needed, if it were you in there screaming about going after this right. and, you know, let her rip and all that. They probably would respond yeah. to you. It, it, to me, it was. It certainly seemed as if they needed a new voice. And 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 every time you saw Saturday on camera yesterday, he was either talking to somebody, getting in somebody's behind, getting in a ref's behind. Where with with Frank, every time you see him on TV, he's just standing there with that sour look on his face, not doing anything. And it's it just it's it's something that we have really really needed over the last few years, and I'm so glad to. See finally see it and to finally feel like we won a game the other team didn't lose the game we won the game and yeah, then it's a different feeling I just to yeah say about uh, the yesterday was the first chance i have gotten to actually watch the pacers live and boy oh boy are they a fun team to watch i, I hey, how, how are you with 33 you're on board with me with 33, oh, I'm on aren't board you? With 33. I am a 33 lover. Miles Turner is my guy, and I hope we don't get rid of him. <laughs> Everybody else that's hating on Miles Turner can get out of Dodge and take their Pacers gear off because that dude, I love that dude. Another triple double in that game on Saturday, too. Chris, I appreciate you. You call anytime. That's, there is a celebratory Colts call right there. No, seriously, the time management thing, if you were thinking about Jeff Saturday being able to be on that sideline and, you know, come away looking good or your impression to the positive of Jeff Saturday, that time management test that he had, that was huge. And he did. He passed that with flying colors. Absolutely did. Huge moment right there. Then it made up for the McLaughlin field goal miss as well. So, but again, it starts right here. And you saw that. That was, to me, the, the greatest demonstration of what I've talked about all year. This team goes as far as its offensive line level offensively. And it played much better yesterday.
And make no mistake, that is a clear reason why that offense also played much better. A clear reason why you celebrate Parks Frazier today. Because of where it starts with that old line. Timmy's next at 239-1070. Hello, Timmy. Jamie, what's up? Timmy, what's happening? Hey, I called in last week. I called Greg Doyle a doofus. <laughs> you did call Greg Doyle a doofus, didn't you? Well, I got a doofus house. It's Joe Thomas, Bill Cowher, and all the other haters that made this more than it was, you know, basically saying Saturday got the job because he was white. I mean, let's call it how it is. And they had to follow the media script. And I just laughing in the face today. So they could all go in my doofus house. Uh, have a great day, JMV. Thank you. Yeah, Timmy's doofus house. You guys can go over there and bunk up with Timmy in the doofus house. I, I thought about it from this standpoint. It's okay if you disagreed with it. It's okay if I disagreed with it. If you did, if they did. I'm just talking about the level in which they took it. Truly making something out of nothing. So many broadcasters do that now. You want to know why I don't watch or listen to a lot of crap out there? Because I think there's a lot of crap out there. And that's what that crap does. Completely turns me off. The opposite of a sports arousal is what that garbage gives me. And that's exactly what it was. Now, I will say this. Bill Cowher was more deeply rooted in his old man, old ball coach stuff, right? But it doesn't make it any better. It doesn't make it sound any smarter. Not at all. And the, the Joe Thomas, the most egregious thing that I've seen in all my years, that's just ridiculous. That's why I disagree. Not because we disagreed or said, yeah, this is not the right move. But for that over-the-top bullcrap that we consistently have to hear. All this, as my friend Greg says, all this manufactured outrage. You know, the only real way to get away from that, right? Now, this is to all my listeners. I don't care if you hate my guts. The only real way to get away from it is turn it off. And even with that, it can become difficult because then you're subject to it. If you're on your phone and you're, you know, social media or you're just trying to get an update, that's how that crap becomes a lead story. That is your true, truly only alternative to hoping to get rid of that garbage. That over-the-top faux outrage is to turn it off and to stop listening to it, stop reacting to it, stop responding to it. I'm not doing a good job of it right now, frankly. That is the only way. Now, if you just said, I disagree with that, and here's why. But to go on for three and a half minutes, that's just stupid. That is stupid. That is made for TV stupidity. Uh, Larry, take us to the break here. What do you got? Hey, JMB, how you doing, bud? I've, I've been uh, listening to you since you were sitting in the little chair. Do you remember all that? That has been, that has been a while with uh, my guy Mark Patrick back in the day, yeah, no doubt. That's right, buddy. Hey, uh, so, hey, Gilmore is a freaking stud. I mean, it, I I just was over uh, just ecstatic when they threw the ball at him. He had his back, back and he played the ball and knocked it down. It's two games that Gilmore saved for the Colts this year. And I'm going to tell you what, that tripping penalty at the end of the game and I, I can relist. I work at a prison, so I can relist the guys talking to a, 
through the glass. But uh, Saturday goes, did you trip him? Did you trip him? And he was holding this guy accountable for tripping. And you didn't see that ever with uh, with Frank Reich. And Reich, Reich just cowered, it seemed like. So it was just really nice to see a guy that was calm. He's cool, calm, collective. Yeah. And he, he was just – man, Saturday was a badass. Gilmore's a badass. I mean, just keep just he let the defense. I mean, the defense won, and that's that's that was just a great, great. Thing. Yeah, that's that's why. I mean, that's why they got Stephon Gilmore. He made a play, you know, in Denver, and then made a play yeah. in Vegas yesterday. Hey, which prison? Where do you work, prison wise? Uh, the Correctional Facility, man. I, I I'm off today, and uh, I've been out there 27 years, and it, it feels like I've been in prison for 27 years. That's a that's a hellhole. <laughs> don't don't anybody ever go to work there. That's the worst place you can ever work. Okay. One of the one of these days you'll have to come by and we'll have ice cold Bud Lights and some great food from Buffalo Wild Wings and you'll have to tell me some stories. Well, hey man, the the signal's coming in good here in Anderson now, and I've I've called you three or four other times, and I'm just telling you, man, I love your show, uh, and just keep doing what you do, man. But the Colts, uh, I think they're on track and they're going to do something big this weekend against the Eagles. I think they're going to hand them their first loss. Larry. I appreciate you, man. Thank you for listening all these years as well. 239-1070 is the number. Live at Buffalo Wild Wings, we are in Lebanon today on a Blue Monday. A lot to celebrate, a lot to talk about, too. I want to jump back to keeping it simple and letting the people around you do their jobs. And then also Larry mentioned that that voice, the, the Frank Wright voice, it just it seems like that there was a re-inspiration of sorts from hearing a different voice and, and maybe a more juiced voice. A little bit more hardcore about it. Seems like Frank's, you know, everything's going to be okay line and, you know, patting everybody on the back and, you know, being that player's coach. I'm sure Jeff Saturday is a player's coach. It just seemed like that, that what you saw yesterday was a team that was inspired by a new voice. A lot of stuff, too. Uh, my thoughts about the game and what took place off the field as well, coming up on the other side. More of your calls. Jake Query is going to be here, too, from the morning show. Again, we're in Lebanon, Buffalo Wild Wings. Come out and join us. You may win a pair of Eagles Colts tickets. We'll give that way, uh, away, I should say, coming up at the end of the show as well. Ice cold Bud Light. you got the great food here at Buffalo Wild Wings. Monday night football, the Commanders and the Eagles giving you a little bit of a sneak preview of next week at Lucas Oil Stadium. You got Butler and Penn State also later on tonight. 93.5. 1075 the fan the ride with jmv thank you for your support 93.5 and 107.5 the fan under center ryan again hands off to jonathan taylor big run 40 45 50 breaks it outside down the far sideline he's at the 30 he's at the 20 10 5 and he is close to the end zone did he stay in yes touchdown Matt Taylor, the call right there. That was 66 of a buck 47 on 22 carries for Jonathan Taylor. And it was sweet to see him get back with some space and move 
with some room to maneuver as a part of yesterday, too. No doubt about that. Colts win 25-20 back at the Buffalo Wild Wings location. State Road 39. We're in Lebanon today on what is a Blue Monday. Great food in preparation for Monday Night Football and a sneak peek at the unbeaten Eagles, who are going to be in town probably still unbeaten, coming up Sunday to square off. That's Nick Sirianni's team, of course, the former Colts offensive coordinator. And then Jeff Saturday's home debut as the interim head coach of the Colts coming up on Sunday. In fact, we have tickets for that game, a pair to give away at the end of the show. Bob Kravitz coming up in the 5 o'clock hour, but on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline right now. From the morning show, Kevin Inquiry joins us every Monday. Their show, Monday through Friday, 7 until 10 a.m. here on The Fan. Jake Query is with us all the way around. This is what I got. And this is what they say, you know, the KISS method in radio terms. Keep it simple, stupid, really in a lot of terms. I thought that that's what the Colts did in a week that was chaotic. I thought game-wise, they kept that as simple as possible. From top, Jim Irsay, all the way to the bottom, if you want to go from organizational pieces to player personnel, they kept it simple, I thought, and executed and got back on track, if not for one week. And it was something that the Colts fans, I think, in general, really needed to see. No, I totally agree with that. And thanks for having me on, John, as always. I, you know, Jim Mercer said afterwards that that was almost by design, right, that they just needed to simplify it, not only because you had a new head coach, you had a new guy calling the plays, but you know, maybe just to kind of get back to the basics, like let's weed out some of the extraneous and let's just, let's just get down to the, to the brass tacks and make sure that we're doing in that regard, what we need to offensive line played well, obviously they had balance offensively and they were, you know, maybe they also benefited from the fact that if you were going to go through a change, you were able to do it against one of the, the worst teams in the league or certainly one of the most underperforming, um, but all around a good result, good day. And I know people, you know, understandably and rightly were excited about it. There are some things that I think are still of concern, but, uh, you know, that's maybe for another time because right now people want to kind of bask in the glory of a win. No, and, and there's no doubt. Well, I'm sure get to those concerns too, but seriously, the Raiders aren't any good, but they were in a similar desperate situation here. And you still kind of look at how that's framed up on this Monday when you lose to a team that hired a guy from TV and got in there midweek, had a first-time play caller, had all this chaos going on, and you lose to that team. I'm telling you, the Raiders going in, Jake, that, that was a desperate team that was trying to get back on track regardless, and that sometimes can be the toughest thing to do for a road team anywhere, much less a team of desperation, but they certainly looked apart oftentimes yesterday. Yeah, I, listen, when it came down to it and they had to be poised, they were poised when they had to make plays. Yeah. I'm talking about the Colts. They made plays. You know, Stephon Gilmore, that was a heck of a play to, to, to finish the game. Um, heck, Bobby Okereke had a great play just before that. I mean, there were a lot of things down the stretch that were impressive. I, a lot of the adversity the Colts yesterday overcame was adversity they kind of created out of nowhere. I, I still... You know, to me, the, the, the move at quarterback was, was peculiar. The two-week move to Sam Ellinger. I know Matt Ryan, but they said Matt Ryan's injury was not a factor in his benching. <laughs> I know the turnovers probably were. Um, but at create, you know, that, that, that was, to me, I, I'm still kind of 
I guess, bewildered by that decision. I get it. I know what the motivation was. I think it set them back a little bit. Um, But yesterday I thought was, I thought it was a really good day all around. The only person within the organization, and don't get me wrong, I know he wants to win and that's good news. I, I, I don't know that I would be overly comfortable if I'm Chris Ballard because as we talked about this morning with Kevin, I, I shared my thought on it. But, you know, you've got Jeff Saturday, who's a coach that he did not bring in, that he supposedly, you know, said, hey, let, let's let's take a harder look at this. Yeah. You go with it anyway. He gets the win. He gets the win over the coach that was the one that you had picked who looks completely lost in Josh McDaniels, the guy that, that you had stood by adamantly in terms of the offensive line, Matt Pryor, gets one rotate, one snap, and that's it. And all of a sudden, the offensive line is playing better. That, that would be the only area um, or the only person that I think yesterday probably there was somewhat of an indictment on. But overall, like I said, good day. And I know, listen, this is that's what the fans of this team needed that, right? I mean, people that I know that went out to Vegas took advantage of the fabulous work by Bullseye Event Group to go out and enjoy it and have fun with it. It was great to see them be able to be, you know, their trip rewarded with a win. So, Jay Query, the morning show, Kevin and Query on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. I, I think when you talk about stuff that the Colts created on their own, to me it was more the decision when, when Jim say wanted to go with Sam Ellinger and forced that upon everybody else on that team. Because we knew Matt Ryan was injured at the time, and he didn't really want to mess with Nick Foles. Okay. But what they aired in judgment about, to me, was saying rest of the year. Right? Saying rest of the year. If you didn't say rest of the year once Matt Ryan got healthy, uh, to me, if you really wanted to win a game, you went with him. I even thought if you really wanted to win a game, you would go with Foles over Ellinger. This is not an indictment on Ellinger by any stretch. But to me, those two veteran guys just give, and especially as we saw with Matt Ryan yesterday, this chance or a team, this team, a better chance to win. And that is the situation. I mean, Jim Mercer still wants to win, regardless of what you see with a four and five and one team and, you know, what Tennessee's doing at the top of the division. Jim Mercer still wants to see this team win. He isn't on board with, hey, you hope that you lose and you get a top three pick or whatever the case. He still wants to see this team win. What do they have, seven games remaining now? That's that's his philosophy. Well, the other thing where I thought they aired is when they said, not even with Matt Ryan, you know, the, the whole end of the year thing, but when they said we would be making this move regardless of whether or not Ryan had a sprained shoulder. I mean, they made it sound like that move was at that point when the Colts made – the decision to go away from Matt Ryan and go to Sam Ellinger. That, to me, whether this is what they thought or not, the way it came off was we are moving forward. We are turning the calendar to next season to see what we have moving forward. And then I think what happened, I don't know this, but I think it, they make the move as well at the coaching position. There's a huge national outcry from everybody about the fact that, you know, what are they doing bringing in a guy with no coaching experience? I don't personally buy into that argument, but I know that there was a lot of – and Jim Mersey was borderline – you know, he was defensive. He was, he was out of character level defiant in his press conference about Jeff Saturday. And I think at that point, Ursay was then motivated by, I'm going to prove everybody wrong, and we're going to win the first game regardless. And the best chance to do that is to have Matt Ryan out there. And what to me is interesting that I raised to Kevin this morning is 
would Frank Reich have had the leeway and the leash to make that move back to Matt Ryan? Or was Jeff Saturday afforded that sort of benefit of doubt or that sort of autonomy that Frank Reich did not have with the owner? And well, and, and, I, don't know. Yeah, and I, I hope that's that, that's part of my philosophy, Jake, of, of wanting to see the people in positions to make decisions be allowed to make those decisions. And that right. includes the owner. That's why I've said moving forward when he gets everything in place, you know, football operations wise, coaching wise, then to me, I want him to go back and, and be the type of owner that he was, you know, when they were winning in the Manning era. And you you rarely heard from him. Hey, here's a tweet. From Jim Irsay, are you ready? Okay. This is the latest. This is from Jim Irsay's Twitter account. All you critics, you criticize all of us in the NFL for losing. When we make moves to win, you act so righteous. Who you crapping? Just win, baby. Jim Irsay. Okay. Who you crapping? You can't. Here's the thing. That's all well and good but the moves that cost you to not win were made by you and only you. So you but, can't. Uh, well, I mean, the, the yeah, the, the, to me, to me, I understand where he's coming from there. I mean, that is a shot back at everybody, me, everybody else included that, you know, question this particular move. There's still a long way to go with this move, but what I can't I'm say, Jake, I blame is- him for wanting to get a little payback there. But I, I would agree. A lot of a lot of the situations, you know, especially the look of that press conference last Monday and what came out of that, it was basically a, a Colts creation, make no mistake. What I'm saying is this, and I like Jim Irsay, right? But what I'm saying is, if you want to stand on the mountaintop, and I get it, in terms of the, I think probably what he's talking about, the critics, is the critics of hiring Jeff Saturday. And I think the Bill Cowers and the Joe Thomases of the world, yeah. spare me, save it, right? Sorry, sorry. They went out and they went outside of your little boys club of the same 65-year-old retread has-beens. Sorry that Jeff, that, that Jim Mercer thought outside the box, right? I'm, I mean, I have no problem with them going out, you know, who doesn't like Jeff Saturday and and who doesn't believe that Jeff Saturday could probably, do you have to be a guy that has experience as an assistant coach in order to know? No, I'm I'm with Jim Mercer on that. But in terms of, see, we lost a couple of games in a row and now we're back to winning, so where are the critics now? Well, you lost those games because you made the decision to go to a quarterback that was not ready to play in the National Football League, period. So, you created that losing skid so you don't all of a sudden get hoisted from the mountaintops because you ended that skid when it was your own decision to go to, to, to all of a sudden go a direction that did not give your team its best opportunity to win. Well, he, and he was talking to everybody, too. He's talking to somebody you guys are going to talk to tomorrow. He was talking to his former coach, Tony Dungy, with that tweet as I well. I totally believe, John, I 1,000% believe that part of the decision to go ahead and go back to Matt Ryan and get back on the winning track was because of Tony Dungy coming out and questioning some things. I really do. I think that had a big. I think part. I think that's Tony who. Jeff, no, I th- well, and, Ryan. yeah, I, I don't. I don't know if it's that. I don't know if it's you know us questioning, you know, who's going to be pulling the trigger on decisions. But what is clear is he let the guy that he just hired midweek make that decision. And that's the good thing. 
You don't want that decision coming from the owner's box. You want that decision coming from the guy that you entrust to be your coach, whether that's Jeff Saturday or Jake Query or Cam or whomever. You want to, to, to hand the reins of that decision-making over, over to your coach. So I, 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 just, I thought that, to me, that was more of, okay, you guys think that Jeff Saturday is just an uh, you know, um, undercover boss puppet for me? Uh, no, he's going to make these decisions now, whereas I would agree with you. I don't think Frank Reich had much of a choice given the circumstances before he was let go with Sam Ellinger. Do you think – that it's possible that Jim Irsay calls Jeff Saturday to gauge his interest in coaching, and Jeff Saturday says, I'm going to come back and coach, but I've got to be able to have control of who's quarterbacking. Oh, I, I think that, 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 that I'm sure that was talked about. I, I don't know if it would sound like that, but sure. Sure. I, just, I think that Jim trusts Jeff Saturday a great deal, and I think you saw that in – and really, I think you saw that from Jeff – with the coaching staff, there was not time to reinvent the wheel. You just kind of got to roll with it. And you think about Scott Milanovic for a minute, who reportedly declined because he wanted more money, you know, being elevated to a play caller from a quarterback's coach. Jake, we learned this long ago, don't we, in broadcasting? Don't we learn this long ago that you have to do everything, don't you? I mean, you have to. Yeah. When you're asked, when you're first breaking in, you got to do everything when you're asked. It can be totally detrimental good. if you don't. And that's, that's kind of how I looked at, you know, Parks Frazier stepped up, and that's a good thing. Hey, I, Parks Frazier, you got to give him full credit, man. I mean, that, that, that offense was balanced. They didn't try to outcute themselves. They didn't try to outsmart themselves. They, the, like Jim Mercer said, they simplified it a little bit, and it worked. Now, eventually they're going to have to get more intricate. And, and you know what? Credit where due, because I've been hard on this guy, but Paris Campbell, who joins us on the show tomorrow, by the way, um, Paris Campbell is a guy that, that's taken his fair share of knocks for myself and others and, you know, just about not being available and being absentee in games, and he has emerged into a reliable target for whoever's throwing the ball. Um, so, they, you know, they, they did a good job yesterday. I mean, that's the bottom line. They did a good job. They protected. They gave. Matt Ryan time, they gave Jonathan Taylor holes. And, you know, even Jordan Wilkins, when he came in, had a couple of runs that were, that were nice plays. It was a productive and a positive day all the way around. So Yeah, that's where it starts, too. I mean, that, that offensive line is the entire season. It's where it yep. starts. The offense as a whole is going to be as good as the offensive line. And that was, from start to finish, the best that offensive line has played this year. And you saw why their offense was more enjoyable to watch you know, they scored 20-plus points finally and ended up winning that game. Is It all starting with the offensive line, Jake. I don't think there's any doubt about that. I, they – boy, it was night and day. And I don't know if that's Jeff Saturday's influence. I don't know if that's simple – you know, I don't know what it is. I don't – you know, Quentin Nelson had said, like, hey, you know, it was Matt Ryan that, that Matt – you know, Quentin Nelson had told Zach Kiefer that – and I'm paraphrasing – that the, they were so impressed by the professionalism showed by Matt Ryan and the way that he handled Sam Ellinger that when Matt Ryan got the call again, it rejuvenated the offensive line of this is a guy we want to block for. And, of course, I'm a natural cynic, so I say to myself, so you didn't want to block for others? It's not what he meant, I realize. But everything that they did, the Colts had two choices. 
and one choice was to either roll with this and go with it, or the other one was to pack up tent and give them credit. Whether it's Jim Mercer, Chris Ballard, or Jeff Saturday, the decisions they made were decisions that the team decided to go with as opposed to pack up tent. And kudos to them for knowing their personnel to pushing those buttons. Jay Query for the Morning Show. Kevin and Query with us via the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. I sent you, and I, you probably had seen it before that. Did you notice in that, that post-game locker room speech from Jeff Saturday and then Jim Irsay handing out the game ball, did you notice that Jim Irsay, this may be me making up stuff, but it looked to me like he asked twice for Chris Bauer to come up there and maybe Chris was apprehensive about coming up there. Did you notice that? I did. I noticed it after you pointed it out to me for certain. He had to call him up a couple times. Yeah. And he came up. Um, and, you know, I don't, of course, you couldn't see Ballard. He was off camera, so I don't know if maybe he was behind. No, he, yeah, he stepped in front of it. He was, I think he had a suit on. He stepped in. His ass end was in front of the camera, I think. Yeah. yeah. But, yes, I, 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 I don't know that – I don't know, John. Maybe we read into it or maybe I do. I, I don't want to lump you into that. Maybe I read into things too much. But it certainly seemed like in that press conference a week ago since the last time we talked, that Chris Ballard looked like when he was up on that stage with Jeff Saturday and Jim Mersey, that he wanted to be anywhere but there. No and doubt. his body language was terrible. His And he seemed, I thought, defensive. And he seemed like a guy that looked like all of a sudden, whatever power he had, there was somebody else in the building that was going to have more power than he. And that kind of is how that felt yesterday after the game as well. Yeah, that's what I think. Again, maybe I'm making too much out of it, but when I saw that, when he, you know, kind of gestured to him, come on, Chris, the second time, you thought, well, maybe Chris didn't want to be up there. I can't remember the last time that we had a report, I think it was Ian Rappaport, that had mentioned uh, hires up in the organization of the Colts uh, were against that decision and tried to get Jim Irsay not to make that decision on Jeff Saturday. I, I don't remember the last time I saw Pete Ward is a part of a report like that. You know, I, he was I mentioned. I think Ballard was mentioned. You you agree? I was stunned. For those that are unfamiliar, and I think most know this, Pete Ward has been, you know, he, he's the top business executive that has been Jim Mercer's loyal right-hand man and a, and a really nice guy at that. I mean, obviously very smart, but a super nice guy. But Pete Ward has been Jim Mercer's right-hand guy for since they came here in the Mayflower truck. Yep. And right. that – I have my own theories or suspicion as to who would have leaked that and why. Maybe it's unfair. People can draw their own conclusion. Um, but I found that peculiar that those two names, Chris Ballard and Pete Ward, would have been would have been leaked to Ian Rappaport as the two names that tried to talk Jim Mercer out of the Jeff Saturday moves. So is uh, the person you believe that leaked, you think it's Chris? Or a lieutenant thereof because – yeah. What that by here's the thing. I don't know that, but by then I don't either. I was just asking. So yeah, correct. I, but I think you have to look at it this way. What is to be gained by saying Chris Ballard is had I mean, opposition is probably the wrong word, but what is to be gained by saying Chris Ballard discussed heavily with Jim Irsay, we'll put it that way, about the merit of Jeff Saturday coming in, unless it was someone, be it Ballard or someone speaking on his behalf, 
that wanted to make sure that it was out there in case things didn't go well with Jeff Saturday of, hey, don't look at me. I know I'm a decision maker with the franchise, but this wasn't my decision. So guess what? Insert name of other team. If you're interested in me, you can't pin that decision on me. Uh, that to me, that's how that comes off. What what other reason or motivation would there be to distance yourself from that decision? Unless it's one that you weren't totally comfortable with and you wanted to hedge the fact, and maybe I'm getting way too Freudian here, and people that accuse me of that, so be it. I, I'll take that criticism because maybe that's accurate. But it, it, it looked very odd to me. There's just There have been so many things, John, I'm not saying that I'm right, and I'm not saying that I'm the, the best tea leaf reader or palm reader on the planet, but there have been so many inconsistencies in the last week in terms of narratives from the Colts that it's been, it's been a challenge to decipher all of it and figure it all out. But when it comes down to it, Jim Mercer's right. They needed to win and just win, baby. That's exactly what they did. All right. You think this transitions to next week you're probably going to have an unbeaten team and the eagles will find out tonight in town best team in the nfl do you think this is long lasting because you look at other interim situations of the past i'm not just talking about the nfl but really in any situation i guess you can have some like what took place in mlb with the phillies right you know mid-season there in the change that they made. And then most of the others have a short term effect where everybody like I saw a rejuvenated Kenny Moore yesterday. I don't know. Maybe he's more healthy, but maybe it was an inspirational voice, a change in the voice of the locker room. Do you think this is going to be long lasting or is it going to be a quick kind of juice fix here for the Colts? I have said for a month and a half, I think probably since they started 5-0, I, I, I somewhat flippantly, but I kept saying Philadelphia is going to come here undefeated and the Colts are going to hand them their first loss. So why back away from that now? I think it's entirely possible that the, the feel-good wave, optimism, energy, jolt, all of that, plus the short week for Philadelphia coming in here and probably taking it somewhat lightly because of everything that's going on with Indianapolis, I think it's entirely possible that Nick Sirianni's group comes in here, the Colts hand them a loss, and then reality starts to set in and some of the issues that have plagued them over the course of the year start to show up again, and the challenge arises where they then have to get back on course. But uh, I've been saying for like a month and a half they're going to beat Philadelphia, so I'll stick by it, John. But I don't think – and what's disappointing is if they hadn't put themselves in – you know, if they – I'm not going to say that they tanked the last two weeks, but it is hard not to think. I mean, New England handled them, you know, punched them right in the mouth, no doubt about it. But you do wonder where they could be in terms of the division or trying to find themselves into a wild card in what seems to be now a traffic jam in the AFC. But that's neither here nor there. I think they'll beat Philly. And then after that, I think the the schedule becomes very challenging for them. And I think the record will indicate the challenges that are before them. I want to double back to the quarterback because I'm glad they made a change. And, in in fact, at the end of the week and then getting into the weekend, you started to hear that, you know, you're probably going to see Matt Ryan at some point in the game. And then when right before I started doing yesterday, we we talked during a a commercial break at the Colts pregame huddle, and you really started to hear that, no, Matt Ryan was going to get the start. Did you agree with that decision? Because I did. I wanted to see a veteran come back in. I didn't want to see Sam Ellinger get that start again. Did you agree with that call? Yeah, because I never thought he should have been removed to begin with. 
I mean, sure, the turnovers because he's injured. But the, because but he's injured, but not, 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 yes, not, not suggesting. I get where you're going. Not saying uh, Ellinger's the guy the rest of the season. If you would just play him because he's injured, I think people would be okay with that. I think people initially wanted to see him, and it's not all his fault because they lost those couple of games. It just there's a non-believing factor, and I think what also happened is I think you you turned that locker room a little bit upside down with that decision too. Where they erred was in saying this removal of Matt Ryan is not because of injury. If he was playing well, he could play through this injury. This is not injury-related. So, therefore, to me, it was just peculiar. It it felt like Scott Tolzien all over again where you're like, wait a minute, somebody thought this guy could play? And I don't mean that – I'm not saying Sam Ellinger is that level. But it just – the timing of it to me was very peculiar. It almost felt like – it almost felt like the Colts knew that they needed to make a coaching change and they, they didn't know exactly how to get out of it. That's what it felt like. I'm not saying that's the case, but it felt that way. I don't know. The timing of the quarterback thing to me was very peculiar. And I will, if I lived to be 75 years old, which heavily take that under, but if I did, I will at 75 still say, you know, it was weird to me that Sam Ellinger experiment for two games the timing of it was just really weird. But before I let like you, I, like no. hey, like Jim Mercy said, just win, baby, and they did. So kudos to them. Before I let you go, I think we both agree with this point. We're longtime radio media veterans in this market. Love what we do. Love radio in general. I think we would both agree the one thing we don't love is all this over-the-top faux outrage that a lot of the national folks and even some of the local folks consistently have have given. I think it's okay because I didn't agree with the measure and the maneuver. I didn't think it was going to work. But at the same time, there's a difference there between that and this being the most egregious decision in the history of Joe Thomas playing football or a disgraceful decision in terms of what was said yesterday on CBS by Bill Cowher. That is where what we do has turned into an absolute joke, and I hate it. Bill Cowher, I can't speak for Joe Thomas, but Bill Cowher is a guy that coached in the NFL. And if there's one thing we know about the NFL, it's that they love their own little, you know, country club, boys club, don't interrupt this, old guys with nine and eight records recycled every year. Ron Rivera gets attempt number four, franchise number five, whatever it might be. They don't want any interruption to that. They don't like anything that's other than the longstanding secret handshake fraternity boys club. And, Jim Irsay bucked that trend and said, you know what? I'm going to do what the NBA does. I'm going to go find a player that knows the game, that's been around great players, that people like, that has a positive energy about them, that can exude that energy and confidence in guys. I'm telling you what I think Jim Irsay was thinking. And somebody that I think represents what I want from my franchise, and I'm going to go out and I'm going to give him a shot, and we're going to see what the hell happens with it. And good for him. Good for him. I mean, what do they have to lose? And so, sorry, Bill Cowher, that you found that uncomfortable. Sorry that, like, there are a billion coaches that are waiting their turn. I, I, I get it. Sure, whatever. There are going to be plenty why, of why, you know, why would Why, why would uh, John Fox or, um, you know, Gus Bradley, 
I mean, they were a part of it when it was muddling through. I Listen, did I agree with it? Nah. I mean, I think it was okay to disagree with it. But just in terms of going with the faux outrage, you know, and, and being upset and just trying to have some type of, you know, killer quote, that's the stuff that drives me nuts you about what? what we do. Look, so. since we're going there, I'll just say this. Since we're going there, I'll say this. I've seen a lot of guys playing in the NFL that beat up their wives that threw women down in elevators on video cameras. I've seen a lot of disgusting, gross, horrible, horrific things taking place from the toxic masculinity of the NFL over the last 10 years, and I didn't see Bill Cowher up there screaming about it. Maybe he did, and I missed it, so my apologies for that. But if you want to tell me this is the most egregious thing you've seen, really, really, that's where we're going with that, really, I mean, do we need to make a laundry list of some of the indiscretions of the National Football League, whether it be against women, whether it be politically, whatever it might be, really, this is the worst thing you've seen. A guy that everybody likes, who is a really good guy, by all account, that is beloved in the city where he's coming back to coach, that's the worst thing you've seen. I mean, come on, man. Come on. I I, I can appreciate they wanted to stand up for their boys club, but come on. Spare me that crap. Couldn't stand it. Jay Query, morning show. Kevin and Query tomorrow morning. Paris Campbell is going to be a part of that. So check it out. 7 uh, until 10 a.m. As well tomorrow. Jake, I appreciate you, man. All right, John. Be good. Jay Query, Kevin and Query, morning show here on The Fan. Weekday morning, 7 until 10 a.m. Lebanon location, Buffalo Wild Wings off of State Road 39. We're here with the great food, ice cold Bud Light, and your chance at Eagles Colts tickets. If you're inside the lounge via YouTube Live, don't leave. 239-1070. Get here. Bob Kravitz, top of the hour on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. The Ride with JMV. If somebody gets in your face and calls you a I want you to be nice. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Oh, shout out to Lebanon on this Blue Monday. Buffalo Wild Wings got the great food. My man John's got his Colts truck out there rocking. Good to see everybody here. Eagles Colts tickets. I got a pair to give away along with an autographed helmet coming up. It's uh, with Amaya and Brittany over there, too. If you want to go sign up for that, if you're here, I would take advantage of it. The great food. Maria's working over here, too. She's going to talk with us a little bit later on. Monday Night Football, a little preview for you. The Eagles unbeaten. They're taking on the Commanders in Philly tonight. That's Monday Night Football. You can watch that here. The great food and... uh, the ice cold Bud Light ready to rock for you at JMV 1070 via Twitter right now. That's from Joe. Doesn't this, this year especially, and yesterday as well, make Chris Ballard trying to hire Josh McDaniels worse? Dude can't beat what some called an embarrassment to coaching, but I bet Coward loved that hire by Vegas. Um, I, I guess it's, it's so far back I don't look. I look more of the shortcomings of where they are right now. Uh, regarding Ballard, I guess, than, than that particular event. But you saw Mark Davis's comments. Mark Davis said about his head coach earlier today that he's doing a, quote, fantastic job, <laughs> a fantastic job. A lot of people thought that maybe that was going to be it. Uh, JMV, did you see Jim Ursay's tweet just now? I did. If you guys missed that a little bit earlier, that was uh, clearly a bit of a get back for everybody that was not on board completely with the hiring. Not so much the firing, not the firing of Frank Reich, but the hiring 
of Jeff Saturday, how all that went down. And I'm sorry, I'm not at all in the group that cared about going back to Matt Ryan. And let me say this. If you had to double back on the words that you said about starting the remainder of the season, who cares? How many times have they doubled back on their words so far this year? If you're all about winning a game, Matt Ryan was going to be substantially better in giving you that opportunity than with Sam Ellinger. And I'm not anti-Sam Ellinger. That is just the truth, the absolute truth. So if you have to backpedal and you're going to give your new head coach the opportunity, yeah, I'm on board with it. But here's the Jim Irsay tweet. This came about 30 minutes ago. All you critics, you criticize all of us in the NFL for losing. When we make moves to win, you act so righteous. Who you crapping? Just win, baby. Jim Irsay earlier today with that. A little bit of get back for those that weren't on board with it, both I think nationally and locally. And again, regarding the difference here between being outraged about it and just questioning the direction of where they were going, there's still going to be a long way for us to see how this plays out. But the initial response that you got with a win and the way that the team responded, the way that they played, the enjoyment of watching, the keeping things simplified, and then letting the football guy make the football decisions, and then letting the coaches, the position coaches do their jobs. I like that. I don't know if that has you know, any staying power, but I like that. And we'll see. But, yes, that was Jim Irsay getting a little payback. And I think it was probably meant for more than just Joe Thomas or Bill Cowher or probably even Tony Dungy as well for his comments. Hey, speaking of which, if you saw these pictures, Edger and James, the Hall of Famer, he was in Vegas yesterday. He joins us on this show coming up on Wednesday. Edger and James, which I cannot wait. One of the best interviews we do is when Edger and James comes on this show and he joins us coming up on Wednesday. I believe DeForest Buckner is going to be here coming up later on this week as well. Quick break and we'll come back. We're at the Buffalo Wild Wings location on this Blue Monday with our friends from Bud Light as well. State Road 39. We're in Lebanon today. Come by and Join us, and maybe you can win some Eagles Colts tickets inside the lounge via YouTube Live. I'm going to read what you guys have to say as well. And Bob Kravitz coming up at the top of the hour, 93.5, The Fan. The Ride with JMV. Let me have a Diablo sandwich of Dr. Pepper. Make it fast. I'm going to damn hurry. 93.5 and 107.5, The Fan. Welcome back. Matt Taylor on the call there. Matt Ryan, shades of Randall Cunningham back in the day. That 39-yarder, which, according to John and his uh, information before me here, longer runs than Josh Allen, Najee Harris, Aaron Jones, Miles Sanders, Joe Mixon, David Montgomery, A.J. Dillon, Ezekiel Elliott, Alvin Kamara, Jalen Hurts, Michael Carter, Raheem Mostert. Kareem Hunt, Daniel Jones, James Conner, Leonard Fournette, Melvin Gordon, and Damian Harris. Thank you, John, for that information right there. It was Matt Ryan, that 39-yard fleet of foot scamper yesterday. After Jeff Saturday made the decision over the weekend, probably even prior to that, to go back 
while healthy to the veteran quarterback, which I thought was a very good decision. We're at the Buffalo Wild Wings. We are in Lebanon today. Great food. We've got the ice cold Bud Light work and a new chance to win tickets to the Eagles Colts game. All right, stand by for that inside the lounge via YouTube Live. Go ahead and give me some questions here. Give me some of your thoughts. Wherever you're listening, thank you very much for doing so. But on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline from the Athletic, Bob Kravitz joins us. All right, Bob. A little bit of gloating oh, well, we got from Jim Ursay within the past hour, correct? I saw that. Check back in with me in uh, January, okay? Uh, oh, wait. <laughs> check back in with me in January. Look, I'd love to, I would love to pander uh, to, to the fans. And, and, and look, mm-hmm. it was exciting. But, you know, I still think it was uh, an impetuous, uh, silly move. Um, bringing in a guy with no experience. Yeah, he won his first game. God bless him. I'm rooting for Jeff Saturday, but I'm not going to sit here after they win and suddenly change my tune, uh, which, you know, a week ago was what the hell are they doing? No, and I don't think anybody expects you to change your tune, but I think you do. I don't think it's pandering to point out what, they did do well and things that they did different. And I, and it's even beyond the field of play I, I, to me. And I think I said this last week at, at some point, I want Jim Irsay to go back to the Jim Irsay of the era yeah. in which he embraces the most. That's the golden era. Take a step back, let football people that he hires to do football jobs, perform those football jobs. And that's the one thing I think we saw. He handed the keys over to Jeff Saturday and he let Jeff Saturday make the decision to me at quarterback. Jeff Saturday, in tune, didn't try to reinvent the wheel, let his assistants handle everything, and you got a very simple and, I thought, effective game plan that led to a win all the way around. I don't think there's anything pandering at all to talk about how that worked out. We'll see how it works out the rest of the year, but yesterday that plan worked out well. Yeah, Jeff had one really big advantage that Frank Reich didn't have, the ability to determine who his quarterback was going to be. Um, yes. You, you know, I mean, that that's the bottom line. I mean, Matt Ryan has really struggled this year, uh, especially with ball security. He has not been as good as advertised. But of the three guys they got, he still gives you the best chance to win. So, I give Jeff all the credit in the world for uh, using the freedom that he was given by Jim uh, to, to, to go back to uh, Matt Ryan. And he played well, and, you know, the offensive line finally showed up, and, and Jonathan Taylor had a huge game. So, yeah, I mean, there's no doubt there was more juice. You know, you, you think about the first day with a new boss, you know, a new editor, a new teacher, whatever, there's always going to be some of that um, extra juice. But, uh, let, I, you know, I think what I'm curious about seeing is over the long term whether they can sustain it. I still think this is a pretty talented team. I mean, they had seven pro bowlers last year. But, uh, you know, if you can get the offensive line playing better, then bless his soul. But uh, I still think it's a tall task. Bob Kravitz of The Athletic on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. And, Bob, that is where it all starts right there. The offensive line, when it plays to our expectations, or better yet, their expectations, that offensively with this group can 
be the outcome. But I did want to ask you, when do you think, when is this, not in the short term, you know, I gather that from your opening statements here, but when do you view this, when are you allowed to view this as a success, in your opinion? You mean the whole Jeff Saturday experience? Yeah, I mean, is it all the way until January, or are there successes along the way with uh, Jeff Saturday, as you can, you can view as uh, you know, being a good call by Jim Irsay? Yeah, I think you need a bigger sample size. I, I, you know, how many games that is, five, six, seven games, I have no idea, you know. But, uh, you know, this, this idea that one game show, you know, shows that, he, you know, it, it's easy to do this. You don't need experience and, and all that, I think, is kind of uh, jumping the shark a little bit. But, look, you know, for, for one game, and, and we'll see what happens against Philly and then, the schedule gets tough after they play Pittsburgh, I believe. Yeah. Um, you know, we'll see where it goes from there. Uh, look, if he can turn this thing around, I'll be, we'll be all writing one of the great unlikely stories of all time. I'll happily do that and issue him a culpa. But until then, uh, I still, you know, I, I've got a lot of people in the coach community who I, I consider friends and, Maybe I'm speaking a little bit from the perspective that Bill Cower is speaking from. Now, I'm not one a Super Bowl like Bill Cower, and I don't spit when I talk. But, um, you know, if you're a guy who's been in this business for years and years and years, uh, coaching at the high school, the, the, the college, professional level, yeah, watch Jeff Saturday get this gig is a hard one to swallow. I, I I understand where Bill Cowher was coming from completely. Well, and that's certainly really popular, aren't I? Yeah, well, I mean, that's okay because, listen, as far as that decision was made, I was incredibly skeptical, and I'm going to wait and see. However, I will tell you this. By the end of last week, I was sick and tired of everybody, Joe Thomas and then yesterday with Bill Cowher, making a lot more out of this than what it was. It can be a bad decision. It can be mismanagement, but a disgrace, egregious, all that is is faux outrage. And in terms of media, national, local, whatever, I think that sucks and I'm sick of it. And I hated that. Well, look, you know, I mean, if you're comparing it to giving a, a predator, a sexual predator, $230 million guarantee contract, uh, or the way teams have, uh, handle like the Miami Dolphins, the way they had the concussion situation was handled. There have been a lot more egregious things uh, in the National Football League than uh, what happened with the Colts. I, I agree with that completely. Oh, yeah, a lot of it was overstated. But, I, again, yeah, Joe Thomas, uh, you know, after watching that video a second time, um, yeah, he, he, was, he was over the line a little bit, more than a little bit. But, again, uh, at the risk of not being the most popular guy in town, I can see where Bill Cower was coming from. That, you know, he put all that time into uh, your profession and you are bypassed. And believe, you know, a lot of smiles, everybody's happy in the Colts locker room. But I guarantee you, there are guys who are pissed. They are pissed. And I don't, I don't blame them. They got overlooked. Uh, for this job, for a guy with with no experience, I'm sorry. I mean, I, again, I root for Jeff. I think he has handled this as incredibly well. 
as humanly possible. He was given the opportunity to thumb his nose at the media today, and he handled it just incredibly well. But I just I I, I stick. You know, if, if they go eight and zero, I'll make a culpa. Or they go seven and one and make the playoffs, whatever. I'll make a culpa. But I think this was uh, not a not a really smart decision. But we'll we'll see. Yeah, well, and listen, that's the part I agree with. I r- remain skeptical. There's no doubt about it. But yeah. as far as, you know, the old school, good old boy network mentality or, you know, just trying to make a name for yourself on one of these screaming and yelling, quote, morning shows, uh, I'm not I'm not particularly well, down me, with those particular angles. Let me ask you this. If, if uh, yeah. let's say let's say the Patriots fired Belichick and they suddenly hired. I don't know, John Hanna, you know, a guy with no, wouldn't, wouldn't we be ripped? Wouldn't we, they be a laughing stock? I mean, I just think that we're getting uh, defensive about it because it's us, you know, and Indianapolis, you know, sees itself as flyover country. And I understand all that, but I, I just think we have to look at it from a larger perspective. If, if this had happened in another city with another team, we'd be screaming and yelling and laughing and, and having our way with them. How would, it, how would this, how would have this happened if it would have been Peyton Manning? Nationally you know, and locally. I about that. I about that. Um, I, I think, I think it would be largely the same. You know, I, I think people would have been more on board with it. I think my uh, initial thought would be, holy crap, that's unbelievable. Um, but I, I think you're realistic about it, and you believe what I believe about the time that coaches have to put in, the grind, the lifestyle, all that stuff. I think over time, I, I mean, I, I don't know. It didn't happen, so I, I, I just don't know. I don't know how I'd react. But oh, I would still, I would still, I will say this: I, I didn't have a what I like to call a sports arousal when they hired Jeff Saturday. I certainly questioned that, but I can tell you, I, I would have had one from here to eternity with uh, Peyton Manning, much like I did when they hired Larry Bird as the coach yeah. back in the day. I know yeah, it's different. Well, I know it's the NBA, but uh, yeah. that's, that's how I felt. And uh, that's, well, we, you know, that, we, we that turned out to be Carlisle. successful too. So Yeah, I'm sorry, John. We was a little delay. We, we talked yeah. to Carlisle the other day, and he was talking about Bird. But I, I, think, I think it's a you're, – you're talking apples and oranges here. Uh, you know, I, uh, you're talking about a 53-man roster plus, you know, whatever – and you're, with basketball, you're talking about, what, 12 guys, 14 guys. Um, the game, I, I think there's an element. I don't want to over-mythologize how, uh, you know, complicated football is. But I think football is more complicated than basketball, you know, at least coaching it uh, at the at highest level. I could be wrong. I've never done either one. Well, clearly this team needed a new voice. I think we, at the very least, saw that yesterday. And, you know, one thing, Bob, that stuck out to me is is how simple they kept it. Um, I don't know about, you know, Scott Milanovic, you know, as reported, didn't accept the job because he he wanted paid more and they didn't want to pay more. So as the quarterback's coach remained the quarterback's coach and Parks Frazier took over. But I think we also talk about him in that light, too. You, You keep it simple. Uh, you get short route crossers to help out your offensive line that played much better yesterday, and you make sure you're consistently giving your ball 
to or given the ball and given the opportunity to your playmakers with it yesterday. Yeah, and I, we I haven't like always seen that. I like that they did it early with uh, Jonathan Taylor, getting him out in space, uh, you know, getting him out on the, on the edge. I thought that was a good idea. Yeah, I thought Parks Frazier, look, the, 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 uh, the X's and O's of it, he did, he did great. I mean, there, there was no, I don't believe there was a delay of game. They never uh. looked like they were, they were panicked or rushed. I thought the clock management was solid, uh, especially at the end of the first half. I thought they handled that about as well as you possibly can. You know, I'm not, I'm not turning this into nuclear physics, you know, but, um, yeah, but you're right. I mean, they, they kept it simple, and it helps when your offensive line plays one of the best games of the year. And I don't mean to diminish the effort of the Colts, but the Raiders suck. I mean, the Raiders are really bad. And they, 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 uh, Max Crosby got a sack, I think, in the third or fourth quarter. That was their first sack in 13 quarters. So, you know, how much of it was, you know, the, the simplification of things, I'm sure that had something to do with it. And I think the fact the Raiders are no good had something to do with it as well. So Bob Kravitz of the Athletic on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Pylon. Did you see the after the game in locker room speech from Jeff Saturday and then Jim Ursay handing the football out? I, I had asked Jake Query this a little bit earlier because I noticed it, and I'm curious if you did. Did you notice when, when Jim got the football and he was going to give it to Jeff Saturday, he, uh, he said, Chris, come up here. Uh, get up here, Chris. It, did you know it seemed like that Chris didn't want to be a part of it? And yeah, I'm assuming that's yeah. the case. Look, we don't know. I have not asked Chris what happened there. But uh, if you're watching it, you did like I did, like everybody else did. I found it very telling. And, look, you know, Pelissero and Rappaport had that story this weekend that, uh, that Pete Ward and, uh, and Ballard tried to talk Jim out of this. Um, so, I, look, there's a lot of stuff going on in that organization. I'm not privy uh, to, you know, to all of it, uh, much less some of it. But it's not good. And I'll, I'll be very curious uh, to see how things go with Ballard at the end of the season. Um, my guess is, look, he's not going to quit because there's no money in quit. But uh, I, I think, I think uh, that they'll reach a – a mutual agreement and go their separate ways because let's be honest, let's be honest. Jim Ursay undercut not only his, his former head coach, but he undercut the general manager. And that's the big story here to me is Jim got out way yesterday. Let Jeff Saturday do what he does best, which is lead men and let him pick his own quarterback. Yeah. And I thought that there was a trickle down effect to that too I, th- I thought in turn jeff did that uh delegated that authority and i think you saw that I- i'll give you a great example maybe i'm just wrong about this but in, in terms of and this could be a one game thing i mean these interim guys mm-hmm. come in and maybe the team gets juiced for a game and maybe it goes away next sunday against the the eagles against a better team right but a guy like kenny moore for example Hadn't seen him fly around and play at that level in forever. I don't know if there was any inspiration in that, new words, new voice in that locker room for that. But Kenny Moore was, I thought, a great example of somebody that looked to be re-energized with whatever the case might be. Yeah, I would agree. He played, he played really well, although he, 
Uh, he was a bit of a uh, tourist uh, on that one play at the end when uh, I'm trying to remember who it was. Was it Devontae Adams was yeah. uh, pressing forward for the first down, just kind of watching. I don't know what he's thinking. But, yeah, I think all these guys, again, it's, you know, when you get a new, a new teacher, a new editor, new boss, new whatever, you're going to put your best foot forward. So, I, you know, I think that's what happened. And we'll find out what really all about is the season wears on. I, you know, uh, the crazy thing is at four, five, and one, they still got a shot at a wild card. I mean, because, you know, you could put a blanket over most of the teams in this league, and they're all the same. So Bob Kravitz of The Athletic, he's with us via the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. Yeah, Parks Frazier, keeping that thing simple as well. And it kind of makes you wonder, quarterback-wise, I've been shouting basically the entirety of the season with the way the offensive line has played to, to get the shorter routes, the quicker rhythm passing, um, you know, to the, the crossers, as we saw, that worked yesterday from Matt Ryan. For the most part, why has it been so slow on the roll to get to that point offensively here? Why did it take somebody to really install that and stay with it as a play caller when it didn't with two others over the course of the season prior? Well, I mean, you go back to the Jacksonville game. Remember, uh, they 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 paid the uh, uh, pass what fifty eight times or something like that, and no sacks. So they've been trying to do this. Well, what happens is teams are smart. They'll they'll go press coverage on everybody. I don't want to sound like Rick Venturi because I'm certainly not him, but they'll they'll press you and they'll take that stuff away. And at some point, you got to take a top off a of defense. At some point, you got to go downfield. And I think that'll be the case in the coming weeks. But I don't. I don't think the Colts reinvented the wheel. I thought Parks Frazier did a terrific job, but I don't know that he did anything significantly different. Uh, I thought he took advantage of what the Raiders were giving him. The Raiders are the what the twenty eighth ranked defense, I think, uh, in the league coming into the game. So they took what they were given, and I thought I thought Matt Ryan looked really sharp. I, I really did. That's that's not the same guy we saw the first seven, however many games it was. Um, he looked more comfortable in the pocket, obviously, because uh, he had some protection. Uh, and, and he had a running game. And he, he was given, given the team that he thought he was going to get, the support system that he thought he was going to get when he signed here. When do you think Jim Irsay handed over officially the decision-making power to Jeff Saturday to make that change at quarterback from Ellinger to Ryan and Jake Query and I were talking about this a little bit earlier. You think that had anything to do with what Tony Dungy said on Dan Patrick's show last week? No, no, I, I don't think so. I, I just think, look, Jeff, I don't think Jeff, and I don't know this for a fact. I just <laughs> can't imagine that Jeff would have taken this gig if he didn't have the power to, de- to decide who his quarterback was going to be. I mean, why why would you walk into a situation where you are forced to play Sam Ellinger? It makes no sense. You're 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 you've got no chance. You've got no chance. I mean, Sam is a nice nice young man, and he's going to make himself a lot of money and have a great career as a backup, and he's going to be a coach in this. League, I guarantee you. But if you're Jeff Saturday, there's no way you're taking that job. Uh, under any circumstance, unless you know that you can pick your quarterback. 
So Bob Kravitz joins us. Clearly, we both were skeptical last week about this decision. And as it stands right now, uh, yeah, people are, are happy with, with game number one. I'm curious, though, because I mentioned this. It may have been to you last week. I can't remember. But I had said, had they made a move? You know, to go against the grain of normalcy in the hiring process for an NFL coach, if they were to do this after the season, would you have been more agreeable with it? Because I mentioned last week I would have. I just thought kind of, you know, in the middle of chaos, adding to that chaos wasn't a good start for it. But would you have been in any sort of agreement to that if they would have done this after the season? Well, hopefully I'm understanding the question right, but uh, yeah. I, I would have had no problem if they had moved on to somebody else at the end of the season. I mean, I, if, if it was somebody, Jeff Saturday's resume is what I'm talking, without oh, ever coaching. No, well, well, Je- no if they would have gone to Jeff that. Saturday after the season, would that, have, would that have been okay with you compared to no, when they no, decided no, to do no, it in no. November? No, I think if you do, yeah, if you do your due diligence and you do a full investigation into all these different candidates, and you interview a bunch of guys, and you, uh, you, you, uh, you know, work through the Rooney Rule and everything else. There's no question in my mind that you're going to find people who are far more prepared for that job. So, uh, you know, if he had taken Jeff Saturday off the set of ESPN at the end of the year, I, I still have the same, I still have the same uh, opinion. To be honest, sorry, I'm bringing everybody down, but I'm just. I'm just not. No, all, I mean that's all right. All I mean everybody has differing it. opinions, so that's yeah. no problem. So I, I mean it's it's a, a non-stirring the pot opinion, and I get it. I mean that's coming from your standpoint. See, I, I had said last week, Bob, that if if they would have waited until after the season, I, I didn't think it was really, uh, in fairness, uh, good for anybody when you just fire that thing up midweek, what they did with, with Jeff Saturday. Now, again, they had success in doing it, so I guess who am I to say? But I would have thought everybody with somebody with zero coaching experience would have been more on board if you just reset it when the season is done. And then you have the entire offseason to get into it as opposed to firing that thing up in the first week in November. Yeah, what, what I would say is, again, I, I don't think he's the, the most qualified or even – close to the most qualified, but it would make more sense if you did it at the end of the season, because then the guy could get up to speed. Then you're giving him the entire off season. You're giving him all of training camp. You're giving him the preseason uh, to prepare for what's to come. So, you know, I think that makes a difference. I still, you know, for any job, you know, if I have somebody fix my roof, I want somebody who's, been a roofer you know i mean well you may not be getting that bob so i'm telling you <laughs> you may not be getting it so. so so no no i mean if they had done it at the end of the season I, yeah. I mean i guess i could make more of an argument but it wouldn't be a very strong one again i have people with with some experience and i think you know these these jobs you know there's only 32 of them in the world they're hard to come by and people work very very hard to put themselves in a position to, to get it. Uh, you had mentioned, and a lot of folks thought that it was going to be an absolute disaster in the, the <laughs> sideline decision-making for Saturday. I mean, he got, he got tested pretty good. And honestly, with clock management and such, not many complaints anybody could have, if any at all. 
None at all. None at all. And, and that's what I wrote in my column. I said, you know, I, I, look, Colts fans tune in to see the Colts win. I mean, that's what that's what we do. You know, I mean, what what fans do. But you know, uh, those of us locally. But I think the football watching public nationally was they were they were tuning in to see a four car pileup. They were this was a curiosity. How would this guy with no experience handle his first game? And he handled it incredibly well, incredibly well. So is he going to be coaching, you think, next season or doing another gig? Because I I maintained last week, Bob, that regardless of what happens in these final then eight games, that he was going to have a seat doing something important in this organization after the season. I just didn't know it was going to be coaching. But do you think he is going to be here? And in turn, do you think Chris Ballard is going to be here at the end of the year? I think, I think, I think after Jeff the end will of the year. Be, yeah, Jeff will be here. Uh, in what capacity? I don't know. Could be GM. Could be something else. I have no idea. Um, I do not think Chris Ballard uh, will be back. I think uh, Ursay has made it abundantly clear that it's, you know, the decisions that are being made are coming from the owner's suite. Um, and yeah, I, I think, I think, um, you know, we'll be the coach next year. It's going to take a small miracle, but I, you know, anything is possible, but I, if you're asking me to put money on it, my money is on uh, a new coach next year. Hey, Bob, in closing here, I'm not meaning to throw dirt on you whatsoever, okay. <laughs> but, but I'm curious. I'm do, do a, you do, find a job with that myself? Yeah, what did did you have any last week? Did you maintain any animosity toward Jeff Saturday for taking the job, knowing no, how being a longtime no, NFLer and how it works? No, not at all. I, and, and I mentioned that in my column uh, that ran, I guess today. Uh, I this is one of the areas where I really disagree with Joe Thomas. Is he said it was disgraceful that he even took the job and it was uh, this, that, and the other thing. Look, if you love something the way that Jeff Saturday loves Indianapolis and loves the Indianapolis Colts and your friend, the owner of the, of the Colts, says we need your help, then I think you're duty-bound to take that job. You're duty-bound. I don't think it's a slap in the face. I mean, you can say that what Ursay did was a slap in the face, to establish coaches, but I have zero, zero problem with Jeff Saturday taking this job, and I wish him well. I really do. I mean, I, I don't know how else to say it. I, I hope it's a success, but I'm not putting my money on it. I think we're done with the uh, Jim Ursay gloating tweets, or are there more to come, you think, this week? Depends on how the week goes, but, uh, you know, I, I mean, yeah, probably we'll get more. It's Jim. It's uh, I would probably glow, too. I, I don't know. I guess I would. I call people. I'm a name caller. I don't know if I'm a gloater. I'm a name caller. Well, you're a gloater when Miles Turner goes for 37. Uh, I guess I am a gloater. Yeah. <laughs> name caller yeah. and gloater. By the way, you're watching 33 do some business, aren't you? You love it. Yeah, you uh, love it. I just saw his, he's averaging, what, 17.9 uh, yeah. points. Uh, I, I think rebounds. I think he's around. 10, 12, something like that. He's been terrific. I talked to him today a little bit, me and some other media folks, and he's in a really good place. The problem is, again, you know, he's 
he, his contract is up at the end of the year. What are, yeah. They got to get something for him unless, unless, you know, they, he suddenly decides or the, the Pacers suddenly decide they want to hold on to him. And I just don't see that happening. I think he'll be moved. Before, I, 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 I am very confident that he will be moved before the deadline. That said, I think he's playing extraordinarily well. He's been free to play the five. I think he's a nice uh, pairing at times with Isaiah Jackson because Isaiah Jackson can play on the perimeter as well. Um, and, and he's been a total pro about it. I mean, that's the thing about Miles. You know, people get on his ass about this, that, and the other thing. Excuse me for saying that. But, uh, no, he, he's been a total pro about this season and all the rumors. He's addressed them. And he's playing well. He's playing hard. And you can't ask for anything more from the guy. Love it. I love it. I think I've been like the lone supporter in the wilderness out here for 33 for a while. So, yeah. I've never never had the issue. I mean, I've always thought he was an okay player. I think he's better than okay this year. But um, I just think you have to look at it realistically and understand that, you know, because of his contractual situation, that it's yeah. it's beyond unlikely that he's going to be back. Um, you know the Pacers. Uh, what a crappy job of tanking they're doing, huh? That this is a fun team. I went to the game it with is. the fan the other night against Toronto, and they were in the fourth quarter. They were just money. I mean they they were nails defensively. Rick's really got them playing well. Hey Bob, in terms of Miles too, you can tell, especially in these high ball screen situations that he gets yes. set up with, with Tyrese Halliburton. He has an elite level willing passer that has never been close to having in his career here. That is such a huge difference. It just is. Absolutely, absolutely. Tyrese Halliburton. I, you know, they're changing the culture here, and Tyrese Halliburton is the centerpiece of that. I mean, Ben Matherin's going to be their best player, and I've got a piece about Ben Matherin coming out probably on Thursday um, in the athletic, but uh, free plug, but uh, Halliburton, <laughs> Halliburton is, is the centerpiece. He's, he's the future. He's the face of the franchise. Great, great young guy, um, you know, knows how to handle himself on the court and off. So, uh, and that, that clearly has helped Miles Turner uh, become uh, the player that he, that he's been uh, here in the first couple of weeks. Anxiously awaiting yet another phone call this week from Jim Irsay. Be standing by in case that comes, all right? It, yeah, well, if he wants to gloat, I, I got my tape recorder. I'm always, I'm always ready. <laughs> all right, buddy. I appreciate that. Bob's latest stuff uh, inside the athletic. You can find it right there. He's on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. Appreciate you, man. We'll talk at you coming up this weekend. See what happens Thanks, in that press box on Sunday. Should be fun. Absolutely. Can't wait. Got it, Bob. Thank you. Bob Kravitz of The Athletic on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. A lot of strong reaction regarding that appearance right there. Listen, I was, I'm skeptical, and I'm still skeptical. The problem with me is I also have to talk about what went right, and it went right. You know, everybody says, oh, you've got to eat crow. I don't have to eat crow. I don't have to do anything. I'll just tell you in the moment what I felt about it and then watch the game and what I felt about it afterwards. I don't have any visions of greatness, you know, for the final seven games of the season. But I can tell you when I watch an entertaining effort, I'll talk about an entertaining effort. You did get that yesterday. 
I don't have any, again, thoughts that they're going to do that against Philly on Sunday. But it was entertaining. It looked like some guys were juiced, and we'll see if there's any lasting effect on that moving forward here. We, speaking of an effect, Buffalo Wild Wings in Lebanon, man. Everybody's coming out, and we love that here. Join us. We're going to give you a chance to win tickets to that Eagles-Colts game, an autographed helmet. Plus, I'm going to give away some tickets to the uh, Champions Classic coming up tomorrow. That's Michigan State, Kentucky, and Duke in Kansas at Gamebridge Fieldhouse coming up tomorrow night. Somebody's going to win those in just a minute. Otherwise, at 239-1070, the number inside the lounge via YouTube Live. Colts Roundtable Live with Matt Taylor, Joe Wrights, and Rick Venturi coming up at the top of the hour where you'll also hear from Jeff Saturday. That is coming up at the top of the hour right here on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. The Ride with JMV. Say, man. You got a joint? Uh, no, not on me, man. <laughs> It'd be a lot cooler if you did. <laughs> 93.5 and 107.5, The Fan. I got to give a shout out to everybody here at Buffalo Wild Wings in 11. And you guys came out to support the show and support Miranda and the gang here. Thank you very much for doing that. I know it's a popular place. Love being here. It's a Blue Monday with our friends from Buffalo Wild Wings and Bud Light as well. Ice cold Bud Light, and you also have great food here from Monday Night Football. Now, she informed me that she might be a little bit nervous. Don't worry about it. It's going to go great. This is the awesome general manager. Give a shout-out, everybody, to Miranda, who is in the house here. Miranda! Miranda, getting that round of applause. Thank you. How are you doing, Miranda? I'm doing great. How are you? She is great. Thank you. The general manager yes. of this Buffalo Wild Wings location since? Well, I uh, since February of this year, but I opened the store about nine years ago. Incredible right there. So uh, born and raised here in Lebanon, which is awesome. All right. Tell us what we got on, uh, not on tab, but food-wise coming up later on tonight here. Food-wise, we have our amazing new boneless bar pizzas, as well as our bird dogs that have came out this year. Those what is this been... bird dog thing? I see t-shirts. What is it? All right. So let me just break it down for you. It's a chicken tender in a bun. It is. It, so it looks great. like a hot dog, but it isn't. It, correct. Absolutely. Okay. It's just going to be a chicken tender in a bun. You can get it with, you know, barbecue sauce, some buffalo sauce, some beer cheese. Either is going to be very good. I hear beer cheese, by the way, is sweeping Boone County. Is that true? Absolutely. It's it's so much better than regular queso. That beer is it cheese really? is Wait amazing. a minute. We've supplanted regular queso with beer cheese? Absolutely. Tell me more. The beer cheese, I, I can't I can't exactly explain it. I just I, To me, the flavor is just, the profile of it is just so much better than regular queso. It just, the consistency is a lot more thicker. I, to me, it's all around the go-to choice for our cheese here. Miranda is the general manager of this Buffalo Wild Wings off of State Road 39 and 11. And all right, let's let's go to what the feature is here, and it's the wings. Forever <laughs> since I was a young man, this was the feature. Uh, wings, tell us all about your wings. Our wings are phenomenal. I'm a traditional girl myself, so I, yeah. I like to have those those wings on the bone. There, um, they're you know freshly cooked. Fresh wings, they're amazing with any of our sauces, our dry rubs. What is know. the hottest sauce? Our hottest sauce is going to be our blazon, which is going to be a Carolina Reaper sauce. It's, it's, is it? it's hot. Okay, can it you do hot. it? I can. I can withstand it. You know, every time that we have a new employee, we try to do a blazon challenge for them, try to see if they can withstand the heat. 
Do you still do the challenges? We do. Occasionally too? We do. It's offered. We don't force them to do it. Now, when I first started, now that was stuff was forced. But now, um. now, now we give the choice. So. I, that used to be good. Back in the days and when I was in Bloomington, we used to go to uh, what's well, in a different location now. But we used to go to one. And I had a friend that entered the contest every time. My man would be sweating. It would be dripping off of him. And he'd be an absolute mess. And that would be like before we went out for the rest of our night on a Saturday night. I don't know how he would recover after something like like that. It'd take a minute you. to gather your senses and your faculties, I would think. Absolutely, and probably about five gallons of milk as well. Oh, yeah. yeah that, the blazing takes some milk, yeah, does it? Yeah, it takes some, takes some milk to take away that heat, for sure. Alright, uh, Miranda's the general manager. Say hello to her. Anything else on the menu you want to uh, mention? Um, you know, we, we got 24 amazing beers on draft as well as our amazing food. Come on out and we'll serve you up. Love Miranda, thank you very much. How'd she do, everybody? Fantastically done. That is Miranda, the general manager at the Buffalo Wild Wings here in Lebanon off of State Road 39 on this Blue Monday. Thank you very much. That's fantastic. Thank See, you. I told you you'd be great. <laughs> thank told you. you. Coached her up a little bit, and she was great. That's Miranda, everybody. If you're not here now... Slide by sometime and ask for Miranda. She just did fantastically. Quick break. We'll come back. I mentioned Colts Roundtable Live coming up at the top of the hour. Hey, Kyle, I'm assuming there is an interview with Jeff Saturday with Matt Taylor coming up at the top of the hour. Am I accurate about that? I would imagine. I guess we'll just have to listen to find out. It's uh, Matt Taylor, Joe Wright, and Rick Venturi about yesterday. There was so much going on yesterday, and they got an hour to break it down for you. That's Colts Roundtable Live. Hoops fans, remember Butler, Penn State coming up later on tonight. That is certainly going to be watchable for you. And then, uh, obviously, the rest of the week's got a lot of, lot of hoopage going on in Gamebridge Fieldhouse. We gave away those tickets for the game between Michigan State and Kentucky. And Kansas and Duke. I don't know if anybody watched Michigan State and Gonzaga on Friday night on the deck of that aircraft carrier. Uh, that was that was pretty awesome. You, you can tell the shooting percentages go down when you're playing outside like that. But the Zags survived by one over Michigan State. Michigan State fires it back up tomorrow night versus Kentucky. Game two is Duke. And their new head coach, John Shire, taking over for Mike Krzyzewski. And uh, that's going to be Duke and Kansas coming up tomorrow evening. Both of those games at Gambridge Fieldhouse. Pacers not back in there. I should say the Pacers don't play again. I think on the road in Charlotte coming up on Wednesday. All right, quick break, and we'll come back. Final thoughts at 239-1070 inside the lounge via YouTube Live on what has been a fantastic Monday in Lebanon. Buffalo Wild Wings, it's a blue Monday off of State Road 39 in Lebanon on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. The Ride with JMV. Bullish Brands hanging and banging with you until the 8 o'clock hour. Coming up, we have artists such as Living Color and the Fine Young Cannibals right now. Here's Roxette, The Look, 89.9 WROL. 93.5 and 107.5, The Fan. So Matt Taylor, the voice of the Colts right there. Game-winning play from Stephon Gilmore. And, you know, that's, again, a reason why you bring the guy in. We had talked about a couple of weeks ago when it didn't happen against the Commanders. And then we talked about, what, a month prior when it did happen against the Broncos. But that is indeed, for those moments, why you bring the former NFL Defensive Player of the Year. That's why you bring a guy like that in. Big deal for the Colts. The Colts get a win. We've talked about that all afternoon with you. And I've got to give a big shout-out 
to my friends here, thanks for coming out to Buffalo Wild Wings in Lebanon. This has been absolutely outstanding. State Road 39. And again, even when I leave, there is still plenty of reasons for you to come out and hang out with a great crew like this. Now, before I leave, I'm going to give you a chance to win some tickets for that game coming up on Sunday. I'm assuming that it is probably a little bit more exciting, a little bit more interesting because of what's transpired over the past week and then that win yesterday as far as the Eagles being in town. And I know they're 8-0 on the season. They get the commanders later on tonight, Monday Night Football, in which you can watch right here in 11 at Buffalo Wild Wings. More than likely 9-0 when they hit town coming up on Sunday. But we're going to give somebody a chance to win those tickets, an autographed helmet, Colts helmet as well, coming up. But, hey, thank you, everybody, here at the Lebanon location of Buffalo Wild Wings. You guys have been fantastic. Thank you, Miranda and the gang. Thank you, Bud Light. My man Cam, the on-site engineering. Amaya and Brittany, always as outstanding as possible. Thank you, guys. Back of the studio, Kyle Unimark running things. Kyle, thank you. In studio coming up tomorrow, later on in the week, Hall of Famer Edger and James on the show. DeForest Buckner will be on the show later on this week, and we'll see if we can't get a sneak peek of that Xavier matchup with Trace Jackson Davis of IU coming up later on this week. Have a great rest of your Monday. Thank you, Buffalo Wild Wings and Lebanon. Colts Roundtable Live is coming up next. Enjoy.